Welcome to another episode of the Presbyterian and Reformed Churchman. Today what I have for us is a discussion on being a Reformed Church, an ordinary means of grace church, uh, doing that kind of ministry in a city or cosmopolitan multicultural context. I have with us a friend of mine, Ruling Elder Chris Barrett. And ruling elder, uh, ruling elder, Chris is a ruling elder at Pinelands Presbyterian Church in Miami, Florida, with my good friend Aldo Leon. Uh, so, Chris, welcome. Thanks for being on the call. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, yes. So, you have a a, a guest that many of the listeners w- on this uh, this show would recognize. Who's going to be your your preacher down there this Sunday? Yeah. Uh, Harry Reader uh, is going to be uh, preaching this Sunday. He's also uh, during the uh, Sunday school hour. He's going to be telling the story of Pinelands and uh, his time down here and how he, well, God used him to revive uh, this church that was on the verge of dying. Wow, that's so, that's going to be amazing. What a, is this the first yeah. time he's been back to Pinelands since you've been there? Uh, yeah, definitely. Okay, he, he has not been back. Yeah, and so what, what? So for for listeners again, so. I believe Pinelands was was Dr. Reeder's first church, right? Was that the first church he pastored? Uh, man, I want to say it was. I, I think but, it is. I think he was fresh out of seminary, and, and if not, it's one of the very first he he pastored. Um, so what year what year would you say that was? Do you know? I, I think it was, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, like around 1989. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I had a feeling it was in the 80s. Yeah, Pinelands has been around for a while. Right, right. So he was down in South Florida Presbytery uh, at the time of D. James Kennedy and um, yeah, a a lot of uh, a a lot of Presbyterian uh, blue bloods down there. So, uh, well, that that's that's going to be a blessing for you guys, and I will keep that in prayer. So, Pinelands has an interesting story because your pastor now is uh, Pastor Aldo Leon, who who is a friend of mine. Actually, he was. The, the story with between me and Aldo is he was brought into the PCA at the meeting that I was ordained. And so uh, our trajectories kind of tracked, but we weren't great friends when we were down there. We had a few conversations. I've been up in North Carolina now for over four years, or about four years. So our relationship yeah. and friendship has grown. And that's how I met you. I met you at General Assembly last year because uh, your group and our group kind of hung out quite a bit that week. And um, right. So one thing I love about what y'all are doing down there is, I mean, it's, it's Miami. It's as secular as it gets in this country. It's as multicultural as it gets in this country. And you guys are thoroughly confessional, uh, reformed. Yeah. I mean, you're not, uh, your philosophy of ministry is ordinary means of grace ministry. It's, it, and I know that from, yep. from Aldo and, so that's kind of what I want to talk about on this call. And I know, like, are you teaching yourself? Are you teaching through the Westminster Standards? Yeah, yeah. So um, I have plenty of uh, teaching opportunities uh, at Pinelands. Uh, I have a small group in my house that we meet biweekly. Uh, we also have, uh, instead of Sunday school, we started doing something called a catechism service. It's basically uh, teaching through our standards. Um, and we rotate between Aldo, uh, myself, another ruling elder, and uh, a young man that's under care. So we're just we're just going through the confession right now. We're uh, in God's decree. Okay. And uh, uh, every so often, maybe once every quarter, I'll get a chance to to do the Sunday morning sermon. And uh, we're all we also started uh, teaching during the youth group time that happens weekly there's once a month an elder will invite the parents uh to come and we will teach them about discipling uh the family oh that's so, awesome that could be a whole yeah. episode that, yeah, so that, it's been a busy year of teaching yes yes so how how yeah. many years have you been a ruling elder so um i'm on my second year once it's been give or take two years okay yeah, yeah. and and as i was I, I think i was about to say more of Pinelands history and then I, I got diverted there but you so Aldo uh, was a church plant in Miami and Pinelands yeah. was an existing church in Miami again since the 80s 
at least may, maybe even longer. I don't, I don't, at least. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't remember if Harry came in when it was well established and he, re, or he just, I, I don't remember, but, um, anyway, Pylons established church. Aldo comes in. What was it? What was the name of the church plant? Uh, Reconcile. Reconcile. And then at some, so when he came in at the meeting that I was there, he was, he came in as a church planner. Uh, but at some point there was the merger of the two churches and uh is that how you guys view it as a merger because you kept the name pinelands it's uh yeah i mean basically his congregation just became members of pinelands that, that yeah okay essentially good. essentially it was, a, it was a merger but yeah they yeah. had to become members of our church. Not, not right right it depends because because he came over with a lot of a lot of members or a, a number of people I and mean, almost almost all of them yeah <laughs> so. right right uh it, it's viewed as a merger but pinelands be kept stayed being pinelands kept pinelands Correct. i mean so pi nothing changed for pinelands they got a new pastor no. and, and they and you were interestingly enough you were at pinelands yes so you were yes it's not like you came over with aldo you were there and then how did that work because uh you you weren't a ruling elder when he got there but obviously he saw some some of the gifts that the spirit had yeah. So um, I was nominated to be a ruling elder um, before Aldo came, but then we were without a pastor and COVID hit and all of that just got put on hold until Aldo uh, came on board. So once he came on board, we proceeded with, uh, you know, the elder training of the men who were nominated. And then uh, I was installed while he was pastor. Oh, I, I really love that because that's like, yeah. it's not like you were Aldo's guy coming over with the church plant. You you were existing yeah. in the church. Right. And I like that it was, how you, I like your trajectory there. Praise God. So yeah. as you mentioned, I mean, so Aldo has, uh, he's gotten more and more reformed and confessional. And I, yeah. I mean, he would say that he started out in the SBC, joined the PCA, then takes over uh as a senior pastor of pinelands and was there like any reforms to the worship service or, or changes maybe uh would it be yeah there was actually um you know there we we did some things that i guess you wouldn't see in in all pca churches we had like a like this children's minute where all the kids would come to the front and and we, they would sing a song devoted to to the kids, not devoted to the kids, but it was a children's song. And um, they would have like a little five-minute devotion for the kids. And um, I can't remember what, what else we would we, I guess we, we would sing more um, contemporary songs as well. Um, so when, El, when Aldo came on, we started uh, doing uh, worship services that were more in line with uh, the Reformed tradition. Yeah. Well, I, I would think I don't think it's that rare what you just described. I, I've seen that in other places, uh, but but yeah. So okay. and so, what what's the um, what is the the liturgy or the order of worship? Yeah, for you guys, uh, it's it's really simple. Uh, we read the Bible, we sing, we pray, we hear a sermon, and and we participate in the signs, right? So we do the call to worship. Um, we do about three songs, which now um, include a psalm, which we did not. Uh, do previously um, we do a psalm of confession uh, which we did not do uh, previously either like we have a, a psalm like psalm 51 psalm 32 or other portions of scripture that have to do with confession of sin and uh, we kind of do like a responsive uh, reading mm. there um, and that comes right before the pastoral prayer um, we do a doxology after which we didn't do before either um, we read the Westminster Shorter Catechism, a couple of questions. The pastor will read it, and then the congregation will respond with the answer. Uh, we didn't do that before either. Um, we'll read the preaching text. Uh, someone will preach a sermon, and we'll do the Lord's Supper and or baptism and the benediction. So. Yeah, well, okay. so and you do the, you guys celebrate the Lord's Supper weekly now, right? We do. We do. Um, before it was... Um, probably done maybe once a month now we do it uh every week and there was a time where we did not do the lord's supper 
if we do baptism, but now we just started doing, if we have a baptism, we still do the Lord's Supper. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, and so how long is a, is a service then? It can get kind of long, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the preaches for like almost an hour. Yes. Or just under an hour. So um, I would say to, you know, if it starts at 11, just expect to be there until somewhere between 1230 and 1. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The 1230. So that ours is an hour Maybe and a half. Maybe 1245. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that's great. And so, you know, how does, how is this received in, for, first of all, we're in Miami. Where are you? Because you're, you're not downtown Miami. I, I know South yeah. Florida pretty well. So where, where in. So we are uh, right above Homestead, Florida. Um, so, so near and, Cuba. So <laughs> almost, almost. So we're probably like uh, 30 minutes from downtown and, uh, yeah, right, right above Homestead, Florida. So, um, maybe halfway between the keys, halfway between downtown Miami. Maybe. Yeah. Great spot to be if you're a fisherman. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, if people don't know South Florida, Miami is just a giant sprawling city. It's, uh, you know, basically all of Dade County is called Miami now, and, and you just can yeah. kind of say that. My parents were down in Kendall for a while, and we just say Miami, but it's, you know, there's different right. sections like any, like anywhere. But it's it's a just literally a giant sprawling city, uh, very multicultural, yep. multi-ethnic, yep. and, uh, and you guys are growing. And so yeah. how, how is, you know, there's a lot of, thought of how to reach the city and there's all kinds of different philosophies of ministry of what you have to do to reach multicultural multi-ethnic yeah urban and city uh, cosmopolitan people you know whatever and yeah. you guys are just doing normal ordinary means of grace ministry how is that being received right. in your area and uh, what's the feedback yeah man i mean that that stuff actually uh can go a long way down here because uh i know you mentioned at the beginning like miami is like a secular uh place but there's there's also a, there is a lot of religion down here right there's a lot of different uh christian denominations and cults as well so you have the jehovah's witnesses uh down here you got roman catholicism here you have pentecostalism and uh you know when you talk to some of these people like you're, you're reasoning from the scriptures, right? You're using, you're using the Bible. Um, so, you know, a denomination that, that focuses on the Bible, if they want to, you know, how can I say this? People want to hear the, the scriptures when you talk to them mm -hmm. about God, right? They don't want to hear a man's opinion. They don't want to hear any of that. If you're going to convince a Jehovah's Witness, you you got to bring the scriptures. If you got to, if you want to convince a Pentecostal, they want to hear the scriptures. So uh, this kind of ministry, people people want it. People drive from, you know, 30 minutes to an hour to come to Pinelands <laughs> because they want a church that is faithful to the scriptures. Wow. You know? So how would how would somebody an hour away find you? I mean, they're they're they heard of, they got connected with your live stream or the, you know. We have, yeah, we have live stream um, of at least the sermon at this point. Um, Aldo has, you know, his podcasts, you know, so right. word gets around. <laughs> so yeah. it, 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 Miami is interesting in that regard, what you said, because uh, like South Florida, when you, as you go from Dade to Broward becomes more secular, but you, you're right. There is, there is religiosity and spirituality. And would you say that's primarily because of all the different diverse eth ethnic groups, the Hispanic groups, yeah. the, the people from the, the, the peoples from the islands. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. South America, uh, the islands, um, from, from all over there. I mean, it's, I'm not really, uh, trying to convince people that, that God exists, right? This isn't that kind of ministry. You're not trying to convince people guys is they here. They like, they, they confess to you he exists <laughs> and okay. most of them hold the bible in some kind of high regard whether they adhere to it or not you know either their parents taught it to them whether it was wrong or right the way they taught it to them like they they know of the bible they know of jesus so yeah, yeah. well and, and that's so would you say that's you uh 
unique to the area, the, the, the portion of down there in Miami that you're in? Or like, I remember again, yeah. pre pre Christ days, I used to actually bartend on South beach. I mean, I'm a, I'm a native of, of Florida and South beach is a different world. Yes. Man. Right. And, and so, I mean, th those people, uh, and this I'm talking about 20 years ago, you know, like they, they don't care about God. Uh, the one, yeah. the, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. Okay. So it does, it does vary from pocket to pocket, pocket but, to uh, pocket. That's a good, that's a good way to say I, it. I recently went to go, um, pick something up in North Miami and that's like 45 minutes away from us. Right. Uh, and I was driving on a road on the way to this warehouse and I literally saw like eight churches on the same street, all different denominations. I mean, there was like an apostolic church, there was a Baptist church, there was a Methodist church, there was a Jehovah's Witness temple, there was everything under the sun. So yeah, wow. Okay. Yeah. So there's not a, a huge reformed presence uh, presence in in South Florida. I think South that Florida Presbytery not. has maybe 25 churches, give or take. In and you're talking Dade and Broward County, so millions of people. I mean, the majority of, of Florida's population is Dayton, Broward County. Um, yeah. And so uh, the, there's 25 churches, but again, they're spread out. I don't know what the closest one to you would be. There's, I think there's, is Redlands still down there? Yeah. Yeah, there's Redlands, um, Kendall, uh, Old Cutler, uh, Pinelands, and... Um, yeah, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting. And what, what's the closest one to you? 20 minutes? 10? The closest one to Pinelands is probably 15 minutes. Okay. Uh, maybe that's probably Old Cutler. Okay. Right. Yeah. So you do Cutler actually have some, you, you have some, but whatever. again, d the population is so dense and the context really isn't very reformed. It's, it's, you know, I, I left Broward County four years ago and most Christianity in, in Broward County, I don't, I mean, this is anecdotal, but was non-denominational. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, a lot of large non-denominational churches uh, between right. Hollywood and Fort Lauderdale, Pembroke Pines, those kinds yeah. of areas. So, so there's a lot of religion and there's a lot of denominations, but the reformed presence is not huge. Right. Down. Okay, that's a yeah. nice succinct way to yeah. say what I was what I was trying to say. So when they come into your you know in, into your church and there's reader response. There's confession of sin, declaration of faith. Yeah. Um, how, how do they receive that? Amen. Uh, our our church is loving it. <laughs> our, as all the, all those become more more reforms and, uh, and 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 everybody else is like just cheering cheering them on and and also becoming more reformed. So uh, our congregation is receiving it very well. Yeah. Okay. For the most part. Yeah. How about reformed theology? <clears throat> reformed theology, you mean in the in the church or in Miami? Well, just how are people received? Like, are people coming to you with a Calvinistic bent, or are they? Yeah. Uh, they are. <laughs> they are. Okay, they so are. you're attracting you're attracting Calvinists. Correct. Correct. We are attracting Calvinists. Um, you know, like like I said, the the, the reform presence is not. Uh, prevalent down here so there's not a lot of churches to choose from if you want to be biblical and reformed uh -huh. and uh, especially if um, if you're on the Presbyterian side because there's you know there's Baptist churches that you can go to that are Calvinistic but as far as like a, a really a truly confessional uh, Presbyterian church um, you know they're few and far between like you said so, so do, do people struggle with uh, baptizing babies all right, so that's one of the challenges I would say. Like, you have people like members that that love our church that uh, you know, will will amen everything, but uh, but they're like, yeah, I'm not sure if I want to baptize my baby, <laughs> like because that's that's Catholic, right? To a lot of people, especially Latino people, mm -hmm. like only you're not gonna you don't see a lot of Presbyterian churches, a lot of Lutheran churches, uh, you know, and all all these churches that baptize babies, like you don't those are not popular down here the only one that is is the is roman catholicism right so they see that as a, a catholic thing um so there are uh you know hurdles to to that but you know 
we, we combat that with covenant theology and just understanding, you know, the, uh, that system of doctrine. So, right. Right. So if a person doesn't want you to baptize their, their baby, their kid, do they still want you to like do some kind of dedication or something? <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't think I don't think we've had that situation. I, okay. I mean, I doubt that Aldo would do that. Oh no, I, I doubt he would do it too. But that, that's my experience with, yeah, with, with people who, uh, who who don't want to baptize their babies, but they do want still something, you know. So they, it, it's like they have a dedicate. When we want to dedicate. Well, yeah, ba- go ahead and baptize them. That's they're, <laughs> what you're right. what you're what you're searching for. You can have, right. Um, right. Yeah. Another thing that like people see as Catholic is like uh, catechism. Yes. That's like a foreign word to uh, a lot of Latino people. Um, We think of we think of like uh, I don't know eleven year olds taking their first communion and (laughs) all that stuff when when the word catechism comes up. Right. Right. So you mentioned the Latinos and Hispanics uh, and Catholics. So my, my understanding of, of that community is obviously strong roots in Catholicism. Yeah. And in my experience, also very like, I, I was Catholic. I, I was, I, was mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I went to Catholic schools my whole, you know, through high school. Uh, but I was also Melkite Catholic, which is from the Middle East. So I was very kind okay. of culturally based Catholicism. And my impression of the Catholicism coming out of uh, South America, like it's very cultish. Like you, like I'd walk, when I, when I would do mission trips down in Mexico in the villages, not, you know, like Cancun or something, but uh, yeah, they like you would see shrines in people's backyards lit up all night, you know, with candles, like shrines to Mary and, and, yeah. and, and all kinds of candles lit and all this. My, uh, my grandmother uh, who came from Cuba, she's, she had a, you know, San Lazaro in her, <laughs> on her doorstep. Right. Know? We walked into Publix the other day, uh, and my kids were like horrified because it was like there was a whole section in Publix devoted to Catholic candles, <laughs> you know, yeah. with saints and whoever else on them. Everybody right. Them on. Okay, so you have that on one extreme, but it's also my understanding that a lot of Catholics have gone to the. Uh, is it Pentecostal world or? Yeah, I have heard of uh, charismatic Catholics. Charismatic. <laughs> well, no, no, I, I don't mean even Catholics, like just like we had. So uh, in your presbytery, you should check him out sometimes if he shows up from St. Andrews, which was the church I came from, which, but it's now called okay. Park Road. His name is Jorge Trujillo. Uh, okay. He, he, he was in from Puerto Rico and... Uh, he's ordained. He's a he's a teaching elder, um, but he came from a charismatic church, not a Catholic church, like like Pentecostalism. Yeah. And... I was Pentecostal. Oh, okay. Yeah, man. I, I for three years. Uh, that's where, where that's where I got saved. I, for three years, I was uh, in a in a all Spanish speaking Pentecostal church. Yeah. And my wife's uh, dad was the pastor. Okay. Yeah. So I know all about that stuff. Okay. So, so that you would love talking to that guy, Jorge, because I think it was his wife's family was the pastor and he was, I I don't know if he was considered a pastor or an elder or something. So when he was becoming more and more reformed and questioning, I mean, I think, well, I'm probably speaking out of, of, I don't, I don't think he, he, I, I think he was kind of, ostracized from the community i think that's what happens is that what <laughs> that's, happened to you that, that's what happens yeah yeah i, I had uh someone uh someone uh, a leader in the church say you know i don't even know if you're saved or not anymore <laughs> so I, okay you, yeah you, um but that's for it, for for believing in calvinism right so what so what is that attraction either in South Florida or in, in the Hispanic community, particularly when your heritage would be Catholic? Yeah. What's the what's the appeal to that whole thing? Um, you know, some people see their, their uh, you know, Catholicism like a, a dead faith, 
and uh, and then they see like all of these people very excited <laughs> about something so they you know they go and check it out and they're like oh wow you know I can actually experience <laughs> uh, God and uh, and that's that's very attractive I mean for for me uh, I went to a Baptist private school for like until like third grade so I knew some things about Christianity and uh, when I saw Pentecostalism I was like you know part of part of the attraction was like wow like I can actually feel you know feel God and, and experience it. I got the goosebumps I got all these things you, you, you get worked up into a frenzy uh, so yeah and, and, and Latinos love that stuff man <laughs> we, 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 you know, we're into uh, voodoo and, and and all that stuff. Santeria. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I, I mean, my neighbor, uh, like across from me. I mean, some on Tuesday nights they'll be having like Santeria services. Gee. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then uh, across the street, I have some Jehovah Witnesses. Um, so we, we got religion down here, man. <laughs> yeah, it. yeah, you do. So, right. And so, um, okay, you got a lot of reformed people coming, searching you out, and yeah. all those out there on all. You know, he's he's plugged in, or he's he's wireless, whatever. He's 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 on the <laughs> airwaves. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I just completely showed my my age. Uh, I didn't use one. <laughs> Not one of those analogies is 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 right, but you know what I mean. <laughs> He's on the internets, uh, <laughs> but, but so, but like, are you seeing, are you guys seeing conversion? Are you seeing people, non-reformed people, you know, we're, we're talking all this context of these other people groups and stuff. Are you seeing others that are either coming to faith or just coming to more sound doctrine and theology as a result of y'all's ministry? Yeah. I mean, we have, I think it's, uh, people coming from, uh, other denominations, a lot of it. Um, we had some Greek Orthodox, uh, people join us uh, who are now reformed. We've had we have Pentecostals, we have uh, Baptists, so we have people with Lutheran backgrounds. Um, so, yeah, some of it is is that, and we also have a lot of kids becoming communicant members, man. <laughs> so that that's a that's a blessing as well. Oh, praise God! Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And so you uh, you love to teach. As a matter of fact, you're under you're under care, right? I am under care. Yes. And uh, how, where are you studying? I'm studying at the Birmingham Theological Seminary, uh, pursuing a master's degree there. So I'm about halfway done with that. Okay. Yeah. And, and I know that's like Aldo is big on leadership development. He's he yeah. teaches for was it is it Lamp? Does he yes. teach Lamp classes and and yeah. he has like a cohort at the church. So there's a few of you guys that are, but you've you've chosen to do the seminary route. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I uh, like. I think two, yeah, two guys are doing lamp, and then me and another uh, ruling elder who's also under care are doing BTS. Okay. Uh, we all like a couple years ago, we were like kind of like feeling out what would be the best route, and some people just chose lamp, some people chose uh, BTS. Right, right, and lamp's considered a seminary anyway. It's just cohort based within. It's the pastor teaching in the local church, and it's just yep. a great model, especially for people. Uh, who seminary, you know, uh, either attending or doing online seminary is very tough for them. So it's right. Uh, but that's neat. You guys have a, a few different things going on there. And so is your, do you feel the Lord calling you into full-time pastoral ministry? Yeah, I've felt that for a long time. And um, I actually have my bachelor's degree from the New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. And for a long time, I thought God was going to put me in full-time ministry. Um uh, in his providence, uh, that didn't happen. Um, I'd done a lot of preaching over the years, but never, uh, took on a pastorate. Um, so I've been working as a paralegal for like, for like the last 11 years. Yeah. Okay. But, but one day I do see myself, hopefully very soon, uh, after I finish this, this degree, I, I want to be in full-time ministry, whether that's a church plant or just, uh, you know, an associate pastor or what, whatever the Lord has. Yeah. So are you, are you looking to, I know Aldo has a vision for Miami. Are you look, you know, is that, is that, do you have that same, you want to be yeah. in Miami or you're look you'd move anywhere. Yeah. I, I wouldn't move anywhere, but I, I really would like to plant uh, a church here in Miami. Yeah. Uh, be, 
Wow. Praise God. We'll keep, we'll keep yeah. that in prayer for you. Although he gives me a hard time all the time for leaving. Um, that's his, <laughs> like, you know, his, his big thing. Oh, you guys leave the city and you go. And I'm like, I don't know, bro. I, the Lord called me. It's not like we were. <laughs> I think he's giving you a hard time at GA. I think I overheard that conversation. It regularly. <laughs> right. Regular. Actually, it's, it's simmered down the last half a year or so. But uh, I think what happened is he came. He, I had him as a mission conference speaker here. Yeah. And uh, he got to meet meet the people here. He got to see the ministry we do, and and he was like, "Yeah, you're in the right place, you know, for yeah. you." And so that you know, that, and that's always what it is. It's like, where's the Lord calling you to be? You know, we we need godly ministers everywhere, man. Yeah. So. Yeah. Amen. So, okay, and you love so you obviously love to teach, and you obviously have the gift of teaching. If if all those share in the pulpit with you, that's yeah. he's not going to do that for just anybody. I mean, so he's given the pulpit. So Harry Reader will be preaching there yeah. this week, and you and you preach there. So, what uh, you and I had ta- spoken about, like teaching through the the Westminster standards. Yes. And I remember just you, you had a, just a great point to me. Like, there, there's a lot of ruling elders, a lot of in a lot of churches that don't teach. Yeah. And of course, you know, that's one of the qualifications. They're not going to, they, they, and the BCO even says to, to continue to develop that gift. Exactly. Obviously. Exactly. And you were like, you know, they ought to just start teaching from the confession or because it's, it's already the, the outlines there for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I love that part of the, of the BCO, uh, that you refer to. Um, there's a couple of parts. It says in eight uh, one, it says that the elder uh, expounds the word and by sound doctrine exhorts and convinces the gainsayer, and he is termed teacher. Uh, and then um, section eight nine, it says that that elders should cultivate zealously their own aptness to teach the Bible. It's talking about ruling elders uh, mm-hmm. teach the Bible and should improve every opportunity to do so. All right, so you should be you should be getting better at this, right? Like, don't be complacent, but, but see, if you're not a good teacher, become a good teacher, man. <laughs> Cause we got, there's endless resources, right? We live in the, in an age where you got seminary classes online, you have uh, endless books on teaching and preaching. And um, even your teaching elder can help you. Uh, BTS where you and I are at, they got certificate classes. You can just take one class, you know, but, but find some way to cultivate that because it, it, it's part of our office, right? So yeah. Uh, but what you're saying about the uh, about the standards, because um, I, I feel like a lot of ruling elders are like, well, you know, I just they're intimidated by the task, right? Because I don't have time to prepare uh, 15 to 20 hours, like or whatever it is that my TE is doing, right? And uh, honestly, you don't you don't need that because you can just pick up an elder should just be able to pick up the confession or the catechism, open it up, read it and explain it. Right. You, you wouldn't really be a ruling elder if you didn't know <laughs> to some degree, uh, the standards. And, uh, you can do that in a lot of different areas. You can, you can do that in a small group. You can do that, uh, in a Sunday school. You can do that with people one-on-one. You can do it with kids. You can do it with the youth group. Uh, and it, it gives you a natural outline, right? Like you were saying. Um, so me and another ruling elder are teaching uh, in the catechism service, right? We're teaching, um, right now we're teaching, or we just finished teaching on the Holy Scripture. I had two points, and they were the points that the, the confession gave me. One was uh, the infallible rule of Scripture, explain what, what it means for Scripture to interpret, interpret Scripture, and then controversies are determined by Scripture and then go to the different com- uh, controversies and just give some application. I mean, it's not rocket science. I'm not the most creative person. I just took what the confession told me and I gave it to <laughs> the congregation. So uh, another example is in my small group. Um, I started a new series on prayer. I'm using the larger catechism. We're looking at questions like, what is prayer? Uh, what am I to pray for? Who do I pray for? What does it mean to pray in the name of Jesus? How do we pray? Uh, you know, what's what's the Lord's prayer? Explaining all each and every one of those things, and, and those make for excellent classes, man. <laughs> those are I, I couldn't create a more better class than what the Catechism is giving me. 
there. Uh, so, yeah, man, it's. Uh, I mean, I loved when you had said that to me about a month ago, and I was like, because we're we're so Wednesday nights, myself and the associate here, Pablo. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got I got a Pablo Ion, my is my associate pastor in in here in rural North Carolina. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, okay, okay. So he, yeah, where is he from? Peru. Peru. Okay, nice. Peru. Yeah, I was so happy to hire him. He's 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 a blessing. So he and I are teaching through uh, the the standards, the, the chapters on Wednesday nights. Yeah. And then on my my other podcast, I, I have Grace to Stand, which is really for my congregation, but obviously for anybody. Darren Stone, who's a pastor here, also like we're going through the Westminster Larger Catechism on the Ten Commandments, and oh, that's great. Yeah, it, you know, this is not dry theology, and, and no. you know we we know that. But as a teaching tool, like the application just flows right out of it. I mean, these guys wrote this stuff in a way. I am always shocked when I go through the larger catechism, in particular, to see all the sins forbidden and the yes. requirements and the commandments. And you're like, yes, really, they were having a problem with that uh, three hundred, four hundred years ago. Like, you know, it's like, right, wow, like. You know, like even talking about our health, like eating well, getting enough rest, not working too much. Like this is all a part yeah. of thou shall not kill, you know, and you're like, oh, my goodness. Like, the, you know, the the health, the health uh, focus that we have today in 2023, I mean, they're hitting those points 1600 years ago and they didn't have, you know. Yes. Vegan yeah. diets and, and, and gluten free meals. But the point is, like they people are people. And they were wise and they just they just read the scriptures. And the beauty of it is like whenever somebody says, well, this is like straining out a gnat or whatever, I'm like, well, there's scripture references for every one of these. Which one do you think is not applicable? Let's go to the scripture reference. And then Definitely. that's a launch point for a conversation or a lesson, you know? Absolutely. Like the, it couldn't be uh, much easier, man. I mean, more easier than it is. It's like they're giving you the points and they're also giving the scripture proofs. <laughs> Like, run with it, man. You know, yeah. one of the really cool things uh, about being Presbyterian is that uh, as elders, we, yes, we pastor with uh, the session, right? We, we shepherd with the Presbytery and also on the General Assembly level, but we also shepherd with the Westminster Divines because mm. they, we're connected to them as well because they have left us this foundation uh so to speak to you know we stand on their shoulders as we as we teach the congregation we're not we're not alone we have something that has been provided for us you know to be able to pass down so that's amazing yeah. i love i love that i'm going yeah. to uh i'm going to steal that sometime but yeah i'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll footnote yeah or credit okay <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely and you know i, I think I could tell you thought about this because it's it, you're very thoughtful and even how you said like a few minutes ago te you know you can do it in a small group you can do it in a bible study you yeah. can do and yeah. yeah pick up the westminster standards and and teach it it's yeah the the section heading the topic or the title is given the doctrines are laid out there's exactly. i always call them scripture references i know they're called proof texts but uh the scripture references are are there and you can break like if a chapter has eight points you can break that into eight lessons i mean you can make it as long or as short yeah. you know as you want pablo and i are tend to do a chapter a, a, a class but um and then like you said the catechisms are just an awesome i mean they're made for teaching you know like whereas the yeah. confession is like a systematic theology the catechisms are really teaching tools and it's it's just right there for you and so you're right every elder should be able to to do that but i think i think you know teaching elders as you said and you're you're in seminary yeah you know we get classes on teaching you know yeah. in other words we don't just have classes on theology and and bible and ethics and right. and the languages we actually have a, we'll have preaching classes and teaching classes and we have to do that and we're critiqued and i think that's kind of like I'm not sure the church as a whole does a great job of discipling would-be leaders and, you know, ruling elders 
in that. They, you're, you're either can teach or you can't teach. It's, but yet teaching, while it is a gift, it is like you said, developed to be improved upon. You know. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And so I would just say, if you're a ruling elder listening to this, and you're maybe encouraged to teach more, but you feel it's a daunting task, like, well who do you know who what relationship do you have have coffee with them and ask them to give you a lesson on how to teach something or preach something and when Absolutely. i say a lesson like a discussion like get get some pointers like yeah we it, it's not like some magical thing like that us preachers and teachers get up and 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 like like most of us are using a formula like an outline yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this is how this we're going to cover this this way and this and this and here you know and there's 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 components there's applic there's ex explanation uh, illustration and application yeah. that we seek to sometimes put in in every point or at least the lesson ought to have some of these components and so right. it's really uh it's not like it just i mean some people are gifted and it just they don't even think about this kind of stuff they just bam they got a lesson and it has everything it needs you know yeah. but a lot of people are following an outline on how to teach and and i think ruling elders can uh if, if you're intimidated by this you know that that would be a, a starting point for you is a conversation with a pastor uh, or the ruling elder friend to help you know, hey how you know help me teach this lesson i'm about to teach you know or something. yeah so. yeah i i think um i think probably a lot of churches have like the situation where they maybe they have small groups and like none of the small group leaders are ruling elders. It's like all ever, somebody else in the congregation that likes to teach, but I, ideally you would have a ruling elder teaching something, right? You would have them teaching something, like I said, even if, even if it's, it's the kids of the church, because the BCO tells us that, that we are to, that, to nourish them in the word as well, so. I love that. So you, you, uh, are, are you an analytical guy? Like what kind of, what kind of guy are you? Uh, I, I would say that, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Why, why are that? you artsy? <laughs> no. Are you cre are you create are you creative too, or you're just analytical? Um, I would not say that I'm creative. <laughs> so yeah, I. Well, you know what's neat uh, about I could tell I could tell you're you're analytical, but you don't come off like an egghead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, you come off very relational, very. Um, I don't know what the word is, but yeah, it's, it's yeah. A, you got a cool mix there. You'll, yeah. you'll be a blessing as a as a full time pastor if that's the Thanks, direction man. you go. Yeah, Lord willing. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, let me see if I if I hit everything on the list. I think I kind of did. Anything you want, you want to share? Talk about? Um, there was there was one point. Um, I think you you put on an outline the appreciation for the Westminster standards and Reformed theology. Um, and you kind of hit on it when we were talking about uh, this subject just now, but like, I, I love how they guard against uh, extremes uh, mm. because I've been a part of churches where, uh, you know, we've swung from one extreme of a doctrine uh, to another within the span of a few years. I've seen the culture of a church go from, you know, self-atoning type mentality with like, uh, just whipping themselves, uh, you know, calling themselves a wretch all day. Uh, but then they've swung to like Tullian, Tavidian type of hyper grace uh, mentality. And um, I can't help but think that if we were grounded in the standards, uh, that that would have not happened. Because you, you, you go through and like the Westminster Divines are just pulling from everywhere in scripture to come and they're and they're attacking all uh, all sides of an issue and all points that can possibly come up in the discussion uh, and, and I and I love how they address those and like even like the discussion of sanctification or something in the, in the confession like you know or whatever I don't want to get into into all that but you you, you get the you get the gist uh, of what of what I'm saying it keeps you it keeps you uh, balanced and uh, Yes. I really appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that is a great point. And I think, see, the, the confession is, is often used as a checklist of, of like discrete individual facts or doctrines that we believe. Mm -hmm. And it's not viewed as like a coherent thing that fits together. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
you know, and, and so when you view it that way, you know, as just like this list of things, you're checking the boxes. Well, am I, you know, I'm not violating any of these, I'm teaching these, and so I'm good, as opposed to like, no, no, no. How, how does this whole thing that's connected speak to all these areas of our lives? Yeah. You know, the, the way I, I, I said this on, on this podcast before, but you know, I, I, this, this was when I was in South Florida, I was on the credentials committee. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I would go to the meetings. I, I was there even as a ruling elder and then as a teaching elder. So, and I remember a, a guy came. I don't think he's down there anymore. Um, but he, he's like, you know, what is covenant theology? And he just rattled off the covenants, you know. Oh. And and I, I get that. We we do that, you know. So, you know, he talked about, he, he didn't even explain them. He just rattled them off. Okay. Um covenant redemption covenant of works covenant of grace and then he, he he tells you you know the edemic covenant the no way covenant the abraham and he goes through them you know it's like okay good how, how does that work together yeah. like, what is that yeah. you know wh- what does it mean and it's well god god works through covenant okay good how, how does that you know and he he couldn't really see how it connects redemptive history all of scripture um how it's one plan in other words it was almost right. He was almost still trying to cling to his his, his former background as a dispensationalist, mm. and not seeing how covenant theology is not just a list of covenants. It it actually is a coherent system of how we view everything. It's yes. how we view families. It's how we view sacraments. It's how we view uh, old, you know, Old Testament salvation, New Testament salvation. It's how we view all of it. It's one coherent system. Yeah. And I think the same thing happens with with the standards. We think, well, I'm not, you know. I know where you were trying to go with the sanctification discussion and, you know, uh, you know, guys like they could check the boxes on the individual doctrines and not, and be fine with it, even though everything they're saying violates the whole of it, you know? Yeah, man, that's, that's a good point for sure. Um, the, the last thing I would say is, uh, is I love that I don't, cause I, I was a Baptist as well, reformed Baptist and, you know, MacArthur Wait a minute. So we did you start off Catholic? No, I started off Pentecost. Pentecost. Yeah, okay. Uh, Baptist and then Presbyterian. Okay. That's that's the natural progression of somebody in Miami that <laughs> becomes a Presbyterian. <laughs> yeah. It always starts off in Pentecostal world, then Baptist, and then you, you got to progress. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I love that I don't feel like I'm making Christianity up as I go along. Okay. Because at, when you are in a non-confessional place. Um, even if you're like Calvinistic in your soteriology or whatever, you're, you're kind of putting your faith together piecemeal, right? You're like, okay, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I'm Calvinistic, but I don't hold to limited atonement or like I hold to the authority and sufficiency of the scripture, but I'm not a cessationist. And, um, and you're ever changing, being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. You're like, okay, when I come to, when I come to this scripture, now my, now my theology has changed here. When I come to this scripture, it's changed, isn't it? And you're just like, when, when you're confessional, you, you kind of, you just submit to the the men that have come before you, the, the standards that are in place that are agreed upon by, you know, the many in, in the denomination. And um, I don't have to, I don't have to be, you know, second guessing myself all the time. I don't have to be, uh, you know, uh, making it up as I go along. So. Yeah, that's that's so good. It, that always does kind of kill me when I see somebody like trying to study something and they they try to reconstruct it from scratch. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, and it's like, <laughs> well, okay, the, the, you know, there is a place for that. Like, I I typically even when I preach, I want to kind of do my own work in a text before I go to commentaries and stuff, just to see, right. you know, and then get some correction and more insight, and then do more work. So I, I get there's kind of an iterative process, yeah. but I know guys that don't go to the uh, the, and it's like, man, this, this, these debates have happened. We have good reason for this. Why don't you study why they decided what they decided? So exactly. you're not having to redo that ground, you know? Exactly. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Yeah, man. I agree. And, and it's not, it's not just simply, it's not simply like, well, they said it, so I believe it. It's like, I'm always amazed that I agree that they're right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. It, it, I, I, if you, if you, you know, study, and I know you guys, you spent the thousand dollars. Um, well, wait a minute. Did you, do you know what I'm talking about? About the, the, the minutes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. All right. 
I don't know if I was outing. <laughs> you guys have the 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 Westminster uh, Assembly minutes, which is amazing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I haven't looked at it. Yeah, but I, I think Aldo has them somewhere. <laughs> yeah, maybe I could get you to look things up for me because he. <laughs> I've asked him stuff. He doesn't. He doesn't get back to me on it. It's like, hey, I need to see why why they said this. And it's like, <laughs> maybe he just wants me to buy him or something. He's probably doing a million other things. The guy is like, yes. never stops. I know he's got he's got a lot of balls in the air. Yeah. So, well, Chris, this I I really enjoyed this. I usually start with, uh, and I forgot with you because I just wanted to jump right in. But uh, just tell us a little bit about your family. Oh yeah. So um. So I've been married for uh, about 16 years uh, to my wife, Ruth. Um, we have two kids. Uh, Andrew is uh, 12 years old. Sara Elisa is nine years old. Uh, we're just gonna, we're gonna start homeschooling them in May, uh, which is very different because they've been in public school for, for years. Uh, but we're excited about that. Um, yeah, my, my wife's side of the family uh, is Puerto Rican and uh, uh, I'm half Irish and, and half Cuban. Um, what else can I tell you? Well, like I said, I've been legal for years, uh, but I also, um, I feel like the Lord led me to do this. I opened my own business um, serving papers, uh, process serving, so that I could have more time to study and finish my degree. Um, so the Lord's opened that up. I've gone from a full-time paralegal to a part-time paralegal and uh, and now I have time to teach all these classes that all those making me teach. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And to, well, to do my degree stuff. So, bro, that, that's awesome. Yeah. And you're going to homeschool, and so that's a, yeah. that's a sacrifice there too. Yeah. So, yeah, the Lord's opened some real doors for you to be able to yeah. provide for your family, and, and that's great. The homeschooling journey's great. We've done we've done everything you could do. Um, we had our we had our kids in a Catholic school. We had them in two Christian schools. We've homeschooled and we've had them in public schools. So we've, we've done it all. Now they're in a, a, up here in a great Christian cool. uh, school that we really love. But it is, um, it's a blessing and you get to really, uh, I mean, think about that. You're going to have, you know, all, all day long. Some Is it your wife mainly going to do yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. My my wife, um, she, she has a full-time job, but she works from home. And, um, you know, like once she's done with her job, like she's done like she doesn't have to like go the whole eight hours or whatever she just has like tasks that she has to get done so she's going to be able to spearhead the homeschooling thing that's yeah. great yeah. yeah all right chris well i appreciate the conversation and um are you going to am i going to see you at ga again man i just got word that i'm going to uh be in a trial for work uh during <laughs> in june so depending on if that case goes away before then then I'll be there. Oh man, I w I'll miss hanging out with you. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, I know it's fun, man. You guys have a, a yeah, we had, we had a good time. Um, well, okay. Uh, thanks again. And if if you're listening to this, this is the Presbyterian Informed Churchman. As I've been saying at the end of these, if you like them, if you like the content, if it's helpful to you, share it with other ruling elders and go on to these platforms and uh, don't just listen, but click follow or like, comment, rate. Uh, do all that. It, it helps. And so, uh, yeah, hopefully we will see you at, at GA. Okay. Chris, thanks again. Say hi to Aldo and say hi to Dr. Harry Reader. That's great for you guys. All right. All right, George.